as a business owner, you spend a significant amount of time and money helping potential customers find your business. When you launch new marketing campaigns or products, do you have a plan in place for handling more calls and questions? Well, you don't need to hire and train someone. Just sign up for Abby Connect. Abby Connect provides business owners with a professional and courteous customer care team specifically trained on your business. There's over 100 hours per week of answering coverage included, but you get to choose exactly when you need the help. Abby's team can transfer calls to you in the office or on the go and can also send your call information via email, text, or even directly into your CRM. Clients of Abby Connect report a higher volume of new client call conversations, a more efficient workflow, less interruptions, and a renewed focus on the core of their business. I'm telling you, check out their reviews. With Abby Connect helping you with the calls, you can focus on your day-to-day operations and marketing your business knowing your callers are well taken care of. For my listeners, Abby Connect is offering a no-obligation free trial. And after your trial's over, my listeners also will receive 95 bucks off their first bill. But only when you sign up at my special link. It's abbyconnect slash elevate. I mean, it's abbyconnect.com slash elevate. So sign up today, abbyconnect.com slash elevate. That's E-L-E-V-A-T-E to begin having your phones answered today. Strap on your 1996 Toyota Tacoma truck. Tacoma. Wasn't it called a Tacoma? <laughs> Tacoma. Tacoma. Oh, I never had one, so I don't know. <laughs> That's an excuse. You guys are jerks. Because we're about to affect change in your life. Any area, you pick it, we're going to fix it on today's episode of Entrepreneurship Elevated! Yeah. Hey, everyone. I am Mike Michalowicz. I am on a mission here, a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. You know that. We actually talked about it last week, that perception of success. People are winning awards and stuff, yet they can't pay for their hotel room. That's the journey, sadly, for many entrepreneurs. The outside world sees this tremendous thing you're doing, and inside you're dying. Well, we fix that on this show. We make you profitable and successful and happy and live up to those expectations other people have. And I'm joined in studio by my dear friend, Kelsey Ayers. Hello, friend. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio or any podcatcher anywhere. And please leave us a comment and review and subscribe. And anything else? That's it. Okay. And uh, also join the studio by Jeremy, also known as J-Bone. Hello. Hello, Jeremy. How are you, sir? I'm going to try to be very cordial and formal yes. to you. Yes. Oh, yes. Ever since the infringement yesterday on your <laughs> person's perception. <laughs> it's, I was going to say, it's a good thing that nobody actually sees yeah. me on the videos. Yeah, yeah. I get to hide a little bit. Yeah, you're actually hidden. Could yeah. you imagine? <laughs> we, should, we should do a video. What does J-Bone look, look, look like? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nothing like funny. you'd expect because, yeah. I think if people saw you and heard what I say about you, it would not be a good combination. Yeah, wow. yeah thanks. We should ask people what they think that we look like. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So that was so much fun. So we were... Oh, did you smack your head on the microphone? That's awesome. I do that all the so time. So we were out at an event, and we met with Sean Van Dyke. And the first time um, that Kelsey met I met him once before, and he did not look how we expected. We had someone say the same thing to us, right? Yeah, somebody said that I look nothing like they thought I would look. What do they think you'd look like? Petite and brunette. Petite and brunette. I mean, that's pretty close. It's not like that far <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, how tall are you? 5'7". Okay, yeah, you, know, you ain't the shortest girl in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, like petite, I would say petite, someone that's 5'4 or under. Yeah. And, and very thin. 
what blew my mind was there's a, a, a radio show in Philly that everybody listens to, like really popular. And I didn't know what they look like. And then they started doing videos. I'm like, wow, yeah. nothing like what I expected. No one looks like it. Yeah. yeah. So when I, when I meet people, the most common thing is, oh, you're way taller than I expected. And I'm like, way, way taller? Like I'm not, I'm six one, which is now pretty much like this. You're taller than me, right, Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm six two. Yeah, six one, six four is like the stand becoming the standard, right? They're like way taller. I'm like, what do you think I was? Like three foot four? You little petite guy. <laughs> what, what's the size that you become a little person? Like what's the? I think it's four. Under four, five, right? Yeah. So if you're four one, you're not considered a little person, right? Is that both male and female? I think so. I, I honestly don't know. I'm speaking out of yeah, my ass. Yeah, I, I, really I don't have know. No idea. We got, we got to we got to research that. I don't know. So, uh, when it comes to, one last question, I got before we roll on. When it comes to dating, because you're in the dating scene a little bit. <laughs> no, like, not you're, you were. You're not. I don't know why you're not. I think we should introduce Kelsey to someone nope. th- through our show. No, not at all, because it's been a disaster. But, <laughs> but yeah. Do you rather date guys? Do you measure their height? Like, like when you were online considering some dates, did you like measure? Didn't measure, but did you check out their heights? Was that important? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I won't. I wouldn't put too much weight on it, but I would prefer somebody the same height or taller. Okay. And if, Jeremy, when you're dating, I know you have a steady girlfriend now, but when you were dating, do you prefer a woman that's the same height or shorter? I mean, height, I, I'm not a, it doesn't matter to me. Would you really? want to date it, a woman it, that's it, taller than you? Like a 6'3 er? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wouldn't care. A 6'3 er? That sounds funny. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't bother me. I don't, I don't really like, I mean, I guess somebody who's not super short, even though because I'm tall. Because then it just makes it harder for like just dancing and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I remember when Tom Cruise dated Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She was taller than him. Yeah. And to me, that just looked awkward. I mean, that's very judgmental, but it just looked awkward. I think the height should have been reversed, personally. <laughs> I don't think I would date someone that's shorter than me. I just. You mean I taller? Mean, taller. taller. Or, or shorter. It had to be the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> it's going eye level. Yeah. I don't think I would date someone taller. I don't know. I don't how, know. how tall is Krista? She's 5'8. That's pretty. That's good. Yeah. 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 I knew a girl that's uh, six foot, but she always says, I'm five eleven and three quarters. I'm like, what? I yeah. noticed that. So, like, that's the difference between men and women. Like, I, I don't ever try and stretch my height, but for some reason, like, every wo- woman that I've talked to- no, I think guys stretch your height. Well, you six two is a good number. I, I I'm really six one and a half. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I bet you are, but if I was six one and a half, I'd say I'm six two. But if a woman was six one and a half, she'd say she's five eleven and three quarters. Yeah. I feel like it's the reverse of what you were just going to say. I feel like most guys- Inflate. Or at least what I've Inflate. heard in inflate their height. Whereas like a a woman, I don't know why they would. Huh. A woman never inflates their numbers. They no. deflate their numbers. Yeah, like if you're really tall, they they don't want to be tall. I bet you you're five seven and three quarters and you round it down. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> you could be, right? Yeah. And I bet you even doctors do that. When they measure you, like I bet you the doctor even gives you a little bit of a like a bias. I bet you. I mean mm-hmm. very minor. I bet you there's a little bias. When they see a female in there, the doctor's probably like, Oh, okay. The slant toward shorter. I guarantee it. Hmm. Don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's an interesting guarantee. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. guarantee. I don't know why I guarantee it. Anything <laughs> that proves me wrong gets nothing. So, um, Kels, do we have any listener shout out? We stuff? do. Uh, so this comes from Mike Nobody. <laughs> what do you mean, Mike Nobody? Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, it was an iTunes review. No. Oh. So Mike is a great author with some groundbreaking ideas that should be common sense, but unfortunately are not. This podcast is a great listen. Make it part of your routine. Oh, thanks, nobody. <laughs> Mr. Nobody. Thank you, Mr. Nobody. Could you imagine that, your last name? No. No. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with well, names today. No, I'm not going to say it. 
Oh, say it, please. No, no, no I can't. No, please. <laughs> no, can't. Someone you did. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> Previous podcast? No. What? No. But related to, and I can't, no. Why not? Is, we're not listening. No one's listening. So there was a lead that came through on the Profit First professional side, and the last yeah. name was Woodcock. <laughs> and you and I was like, li- do you imagine if that was your last name? Because Woodcock's not bad, but you, you lost it over Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you're starting to lose it again. Nope. Yeah, you did. It's very immature. It, no, it's very immature. I think there's not many immature things about you except for that. Yeah. Just want to be known. Well, today, you know, later on, we're going to be doing a name game. Well, uh, company names. And I'm going to share with you two, J-Bone and uh, Sparkle. That's mm-hmm. the nickname. Um, and our guest, uh, Greg, who's joining us, if he wants to participate too. I'm going to give you four company names. Two of them, I'm sorry, three of them are real. One of them is fake. And you got to figure out which one the fake one is. Okay. So that's our game for today. Um, I want to thank our corporate partners to make the show a reality, Kels. Mm-hmm. It's the same two. They're always here. I bet you I bet you can guess at least one of them. Uh, shoot. Oh, Nextiva. Nextiva. You nailed it. Nailed it. Good good dramatic delay. That was good. J-Bone, do you know the other one? Receipt Bank, That's I right. believe, yeah. Yeah, Nextiva and Receipt Bank. Um, I just think what happened, quite frankly, is they never turned off their credit card and we just keep charging it. I know. You know? <laughs> they don't even know. Like, we don't get scripts. Nothing. No. I actually wanted to ask, have they given you like a coupon code or anything we can give nothing. this? No? We should ask them for a coupon code. No, nothing. The funny thing is Abby Connect that sponsors our other parallel sister show called- she, They sponsor us too. They just, we're so far ahead that we have to splice it in. Oh, okay. Well, but they are very proactive. So Abby Connect is a reception service and they, they sponsor Grow My Accounting Practice frequently and uh, the show too. They send scripts constantly. So tax season, as we're recording this, tax season's breaking out. When this broadcast will be like next year, but tax season breaking out, and they're like, oh, do a script for tax season. Do a script, do a script. Next team receipt bank, nothing. Actually, I went to next team and I said, I want to thank you for sponsoring us. And they said, sponsor what? I'm like, oh, nothing. 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 Never mind. Nothing. Uh, just I nothing. love the true voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the what? true voice technology. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Kels. Um, let's get to the, the meat of the show today. We said we were going to talk about changing how to affect change in any area of your life. And uh, we brought in the ac- expert. Greg Clunas is a market, a maker, artist, entrepreneur, and content creator. He is the host, creator, and author of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. It is on Amazon now. Get this book. It's also a podcast and a community dedicated toward bridging. 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 Write that one down yeah, I am. quickly. <laughs> the, the gap between the knowledge of what we do and the act of doing it. And one thing you may not know about Greg is that he is into Japanese anime. Whoa. Greg, welcome to our show, sir. Hey, hey. Thank you so much you? for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. You know, um, what would ever inspire you to write about affecting change in life? Why, why are you the guy who did this? Um, so it, it's it's kind of a, a funny story. Back in 2015, I, um, I, I was reading this personal development book, and I just found myself just really angry um like just frustrated because i knew the author and i knew all of the people that were sort of featured in it and i knew that they came from uh kind of this place of privilege that they weren't disclosing um Mm. but the advice they were giving was only possible if you came from that and and so i i just kept picturing this fictional person in the middle of the country who was going to pick up this book and quit their job because they found this thing they were super passionate about but they never actually built the foundation for it and then six months later they'd they'd end up on on food stamps or or sort of in a, a worse position than they were 
So I, I decided to create something to counteract that, to, to focus on, well, what can you do today that may not have a, a result for 20 years, but will move you towards the result you're looking for? Uh, and that, that became Tiny Leaps. But doesn't everyone want results like immediately? Uh, yes and no. I think people are actually shockingly more willing to work for things than, than we give them credit for. Mm. I, I think that the idea of getting results immediately is sort of what uh, sounds sexy to people. But when they get it, they tend to not really appreciate it as much as if they work for it. And I think a lot of people know that um, just through through the life that they've lived so far. So I, I think when you when you talk to people and, and position change as something they can work towards, uh, it becomes a, a goal for them. It becomes a, a part of who they are. But how do we measure change if the application is these little tiny changes that are going to yield the ultimate change. Yeah. So that's the the hard part, right? Because as I'm sure you guys all know, when you are ambitious and you're trying to create something in your life, whatever that is, uh, there's also this side effect of as soon as you get there, the goalposts shift. Uh, <laughs> right, you're you're ambitious. It, it, like you're not just working towards this one thing. You're working towards everything. So I've found that at least in my life, what helps is, and, and I'm sure this advice has been given a lot, but it truly does work. Just taking the time to reflect, taking the time to to write down those goals, so that three years from now you have a record to look at. Uh, one of my favorite activities to this day is looking at my uh, my journal from uh, roughly 2015, 2016 and the goals I had, where I wanted to be and just looking at, wow, I achieved this, this and this. Maybe I didn't achieve this yet, but like that's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can give us an example from your own life. Like, What would be some goals that you have set back then and, and you're seeing progress on? So one of my biggest goals, uh, well, two, I guess they sort of intertwine growing up. I, uh, so I grew up in a small town, uh, just outside New York city, like an hour and a half North. And, um, I always wanted to live in New York city. That was the only thing that I, I ever wanted. I only applied to schools in the city. Like I was moving here one way or another. Uh, and, uh, this this sort of dream of being in the city, being able to support myself, being with somebody that that I care about, uh, my partner, um, and, and and enjoying that time, that ended up happening. Uh, after I graduated college, I, I got a job. I, I then sort of transitioned from that to working full time for myself. Um, but then that was the second dream of not only am I living in New York City, not only am I spending time with the people I care about, not only am I uh, living this vision from 10, 15, 20 years ago, but I'm also doing it completely uh, self, self, uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for. I'm basically I'm I'm able to support myself from it um, and and not be tied to any particular job, sort of be able to choose which projects I want to work on. So those two goals are are things that whenever I'm feeling like, oh, I'm just not making progress fast enough or this this next thing I want to do is is like seems so far away. Whenever I feel that always try to turn inward and remind myself that the life I'm living now is what 10 years ago I dreamed of. Mm. How does that feel? Does that give you more confidence toward future goals? What, what, what that impact does that have when you see you're realizing your own vision? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of surreal 
if I'm being perfectly honest. It, it's one of those things that I don't think I, I still don't think I, I fully have wrapped my head around. Um, and I, I think that when we're sort of in something like that's the stage of our life right now, it's difficult to zoom out and see it as the thing that it is until you transition to the next stage. Uh, but I will say that on certain days when, and, and you guys know this entrepreneurship's an up and down thing. It's a roller coaster. Some days I feel like, wow, I can take over the world. Others I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Um, and like on those, maybe not days, like looking at that and realizing, okay, I made this happen. Like I can definitely do the next thing. Like that does a massive boost of confidence. Mm. So I know off air, we were talking about a kind of a script you have or a three-step process. Can you share for people listening in, including myself who want to make change in their lives? What's the process to go through? So the basic process, um, I always like this, this term that a friend of mine said, I'm, I'm going to overwhelm you with how underwhelming this actually is. <laughs> um, so uh, all, all credits to a gentleman named Michael Martial uh, for that one. But the, uh, the, the process is very basic. The first thing is to, of course, figure out what you want to do without understanding where you're going, without understanding uh, what to sort of plot as the, the quote unquote end line. Uh, you'll never be able to, to make any progress. Um, so, so once you figure that out, you know what you want to do. And this, by the way, isn't just related to business. This is every area of your life. Uh, so, so figure that out. The second step is to do a very honest, a very um, caring audit of where you currently are. So if your goal is financial, what does your financial habits actually look like on a day-to-day -day basis? If your goal is business-related, what actions are you actually taking? Uh, I think that people get stuck on their goals largely because they convince themselves that they're doing better than they actually are on a day-to-day -day basis. Like we, mm -hmm. we want to be on our own side. We want to uh, uh, see the best version of ourselves. And so in our minds at the end of the day, we made 22 sales calls, but really we made three. Um, and, and so really truly understanding without any judgment whatsoever. Like, what am I actually doing? What does my current situation actually look like? And then once you have that understanding, now you can figure out how to fill that gap. Like, what actions do you need to take every single day? What behaviors do you need to change? What habits do you need to gain? Um, what, uh, what, what knowledge do you need to seek? Like, all of those things come when you truly understand what your reality looks like. And when it comes to <laughs> my voice is I just swallowed water and down the wrong throat. So, <laughs> so this isn't a voice changer, but um, <clears throat> the wrong throat, the wrong pipe. But tell us about filling the gap. Meaning, is this is this the implementation of small changes, and and where do we get started? Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 really the the implementation, but there's so much around it that makes that difficult because it's easy for me to sit here and say, hey, if you want to start a business, then here's your step by step process. Go do X, Y and Z today and then tomorrow do X, Y. Like that's easy. The hard part is actually waking up on that day and doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and what I've found is that it always comes back to some degree of fear. Now, that fear doesn't have to be what we traditionally think of as fear. Uh, it could also be uh, the fear that's sort of built into us that uh, allowed us to survive as long as we have. 
uh, the fear of changing things that that even if they're not great, it's what we know. And it's better to, to keep the the know the suck that, you know, rather than uh, trade that in for something that you don't know. Um, so there, there are all these dif- different ways that fear plays a role in, in stopping us from taking actions. Uh, in addition to which, the, the second big piece of it is how you identify. And so what I mean by that is the type of person who goes to the gym regularly, they're going to keep going to the gym. That is who they are. It's built into their identity yeah. and it's how they think of themselves. If you don't have that identity, but you're trying to go to the gym, in order to make it easier, you first need to gain some degree of that identity. Um, and that can be a, a very small amount or it can be the full identity. But until you gain that, it's always going to be as hard as the first time every single time. So how well, do I, you go ahead? Well, I just think someone that doesn't go to the gym regularly does have an identity, too. They say, well, I don't do that. Right. Exactly. It's just as strong. Exactly. Yeah. And it, oh, it, it, okay. so it's pulling them in the opposite direction. Um, and, and they need to before they can make it easy and make it a, a habit that they do every single time without fail, regardless of what's going on, uh, they need to gain that that identity. Um, what I have found to work best, and this is why I'm a fan of the Tiny Leaps model, is that when you take small behaviors, when you when you take small actions, you actually start to uh, claim ownership over those actions. Uh, you start to to imprint them on your brain as a part of who you are. And there is a, a, a very strong psychological pull towards keeping who you are and not shifting that. And so if you start to take these these small behaviors and they start to imprint themselves, they start to, to become a part of who you are, you want to keep that new identity, you keep taking the small behaviors. And through that process over a period of time, you end up taking bigger and bigger behaviors and you gain more and more of the identity. Um, so so that that's what's worked for me, that's what's worked for uh, the, the people that listen to my show and, and that I've, I've worked with on this. And I, I've just had a lot of success with it. Um, so, do you have to reward yourself? And I don't know how that's defined, but as yeah. you make these tiny changes, you're not seeing the end result, whatever that could be. Mm-hmm. But but you are seeing progress. How do you measure that? And how do you or should you reward yourself? I think it all depends. Um, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. There is the the end goal, which is here's the process, do it. And then everything around that is just uh, fluff that makes it easier uh, or, or harder. And, and so things like rewarding yourself, if, if you're that type of personality, then absolutely do that. Like there, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it can help if that's what you resonate with. Uh, other people resonate with just going heads down on the process. Uh, other people resonate with, uh, and this is actually very true for myself, uh, tracking every single detail and waking up every single day trying to make uh, like basically conversion rate optimization for my behavior. Um, so, so it kind of depends what your personality is and what you, what keeps you excited to to keep doing it. Um, but it doesn't have to be rewards. It doesn't have to be tracking. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, anything in particular. It's just what is going to make it easier for you to keep taking the behavior? Because as long as you take the behavior, the change will come. Jay Boner Kels, I'm asking you, what's one change that you want to make in your life? Because I want to see if Greg can give us a prescription here. Not eat sugar. Not eat sugar. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a tough one. Let's start with yeah, that one. Super so, tough. Greg, what, what do we do with Kelsey's situation here? 
Yeah. So for, for cutting out sugar, the, the reason something like that gets so hard uh, is because it's in everything. Uh, and so <laughs> added Especially sugar. the cookies that get shipped here to our office every day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so added sugar is always a, a tough one to break, but you, you have to sort of start from this place of understanding why it's difficult. So if we know it's difficult because it's in so much and that pretty much any uh, random food you're going to grab when you're, when you're out or when you're uh, short of time is going to include it, then you now need to create the environment that allows you to avoid uh, pretty much anything that you're not making yourself. Um, mm. so, so start with why is this so difficult to do? And then reverse engineer a solution to that problem. Once you have that, and let's say that the solution is you're just going to start making everything yourself. You're, when you bake, you're going to bake your own cookies and not use sugar, like whatever the, the solution looks like mm-hmm. for you. Um, from there, then you you every single day as you go through, write down every single time you break that rule. Like if you if you do end up consuming a, a sugar that's uh, uh, shipped to you, if you are having a crash at 4 p.m. and like you just grab a bag of gummy worms, which is something I definitely do way too often, um, whatever awesome. the, the the temptation is that that gets you to uh, take the action, just record it and don't judge yourself, don't beat yourself up because the minute you do that, you're going to make it more likely that you uh, fail again in the future. Instead, just record the truth of what happened, set aside a time either every day or once a week to review what actually happened, and then make your plan for the the next period of how you're going to uh, solve those problems. So it's this process of solving a problem uh, that you know exists, going through your day as, as normal and recording when you fail, and then solving the problems that come from that. Kels, I uh, I just wanted to reduce sugar intake, and I don't know, Greg, if this is maybe this was just my approach. I envisioned sugar and how st- sometimes my teeth get sticky. Like if I drink mm-hmm. a soda, I hate that sensation. So whenever mm-hmm. I picture something with sugar, I'd say, "Oh, I'm gonna get that sticky teeth sensation," and it became not repulsive, but way less yeah, desirable. It was like a visceral. Yeah, yeah. Greg, to it. is that a good idea, or is that my you know, is that just yeah. specific to me? No, that, that works really well for a lot of people. So my girlfriend, for example, uh, she eats incredibly healthy all the time because they're going to say she, tons of sugar. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Right. This, this <laughs> uh, no, she's, she's one of the healthiest eaters I, I've ever met. Um, and she, it's easy for her because she thinks about how it's going to make her feel. So whatever the, mm. the food is, whether it's, there's a lot of oil added to it or uh, there's a lot of sugar in it or, or whatever it is, like she thinks about, well, how is this going to make me feel? Am I going to get a stomach ache? And that's like her worst fear ever. So she just doesn't do it. For me, that solution doesn't work because I can very quickly erase any memory of how I felt because I love gummy worms. Like that, yeah. that's not a big driver uh, for me. So I have to find a different solution or a different reaction uh, like, like you have with the, the teeth thing. Like maybe that's something that, that works for me as well. I've, I've never tried it. So I just have to find what is that, um, that emotional sort of reaction that I don't want to experience and then use that as my, my, my tool. Or maybe there isn't one, and I just have to brute force my way through it for 22 days until it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. This industry of entrepreneurship is fraught with 
big, hairy, audacious goals and 10x factor. And here's a guy, Greg Clunas, is coming around saying, no, it's tiny leaps to make big changes. Greg, before we let you go, where can people pick up a copy of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes? So you can pick up a copy on Amazon and Barnes and Noble on on pretty much anywhere you buy books. There's also the audiobook that I did the narration for, uh, which is a lot of fun. So uh, pick that up if you're into audio, which seems like you are. Uh, I do want to say something real quick, Mike, uh, on that that last uh, point. I I find that people misunderstand what tiny leaps means. It doesn't Mm. mean pursuing small change. Notice the big changes part is there. Like you're still yeah. pursuing 10x, you're still pursuing massive goals. It's just the process by which you get there. If you are a regular human being who is working too many jobs and raising kids and struggle to find time to do anything, taking small, small behaviors every single day, that's how you start to get to the process of becoming that type of person who can accomplish that thing. And the only variable there is how long is it going to take you? If somebody has more time every single day to put in, they're going to cut that timeline shorter. If you have five-minute gaps that you can find, it might take you 20, 25 years. But either way, you'll you'll make progress towards it. And, and that thing you're working towards is still a big, massive, scary, audacious goal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for joining us Thanks, today. Greg. Also, go to Greg Clunis. That's G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S.com. We'll have that in the show notes uh, again, thanks for joining us today, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Kelsey, here's what we're going to do. You know, I have a recording of Greg uh, coaching one of his clients. Oh, what does he say? So, oh, here you want to hear the recording? Yeah. So one of his clients said, I've been struggling with weight all my life. What do I do? Uh, and his was this is his response. She said, should I stop eating as much food? Do it! Just do it! <laughs> that was it. That I was the whole, I anticipated that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Greg. Oh, Greg, we just like the joke around. All right. So, uh, and Greg, we're going to call you back in a second because I want to get your insights on uh, our little uh, company naming game. Um, Kels. Yeah. What do we do? Like, what's the sequence of things that are coming? Let's, let's put so a first, hook down for our So first, you need to talk about our sponsors. Yeah. No, no, but you have to give a hook first. Like, why would people oh, stay? Oh, well, because we're going to talk about what we learned today. Yes. We're going to play a cool game about company names. Yes, with Greg. And then we're <laughs> also, well, Mike's also going to give a little tip uh, yep, a little tip. All but right. first, we have to talk about our company. There. Oh, you corporate corporate partner. When you say the words, but first, it kicks off. Try it one more time. When you say oh, but ready? first, yep. But first. There you go. First, we talk about our corporate partners. So, Nextiva, it's a voice over IP phone system. Do you know they're the first phone company to introduce a new phone caller? Black. Wow. You can get black. I didn't realize they were the ones. Yeah. So, oh. most phones are what? Uh, like... Whiter, whiter, blue. <laughs> blue. Ooh, that, that, yeah. I like that cream color. Cream. Yeah. Oh, I hate, of all phone colors, cream is the worst because yeah. it, it gets all the schmutz on yeah. it. The dirt yeah. Yeah. It just gets yellower and dirtier with time. What I don't like about black is it collects the dust. So my phones collect the dust. Um, you know you know what they're doing, though? It starts being gray. Yeah. They're bringing back tactile buttons. You know? Wait, instead, wait. Instead, of, instead of just a screen. Oh. There's physical buttons. Who's doing that? that? Next Eva? Yeah. Damn. True Voice. Do you know the True Voice technology? Yes. It sounds it's like amazing. your real voice. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced the fo- the phone tone. They call it phone tone. Yeah. And yeah. they now have the color black for phones. They're innovators. Seriously. In all seriousness, we love uh, Nextiva. So check them out. Nextiva.com. Voice over IP. It, you can't beat the deal. The other. Do you have a Nextiva phone? 
No. You still, you still haven't given me All right, money. we got to hook him up. Yeah. We got to hook him up. <laughs> All right. What about um, Receipt Bank? What about him? <clears throat> you ever have, you don't carry, you ever carry a wallet in your back pocket like when you were back in the high school days, you had your comb in the back pocket, your brush? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh-huh. I was just guessing. Yeah. Stroking your long hair and then you pull out your wallet. But especially for guys, I don't know why you carried a wallet, but you carried a wallet in your back pocket, right? Yeah. You look like the satchel type. The satchel. I did carry like a man satchel. Yeah, yeah, like a purse. I do. I carry a purse around. I still do. Yeah, I love it. Um, Ron does for real. Ron actually <laughs> does for real. He, it's around his neck. <laughs> and See, are you serious? He I'm doesn't totally do it. Serious. It's not to be ironic. It's uh, like, like no. It's like he loves he it. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He loves cool. it. And he still every time I go out to lunch with him seems to conveniently forget his money. <laughs> Never has money on him, but he, that purse is with him at all times. Whatever. So receipt bank scans and all his receipts. Your wallet, dude. I know you back in high school. You had that. You also had that big comb in your back pocket. You want to see my wallet? I don't. This, this is not this. high school. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah, that's now. It's two cards. That just because you you filed Greg's system, you have to make <laughs> tiny changes. You, dude, your wallet. You, <laughs> your wallet. It was, it was a George Costanza. It wallet. was massive. Yeah. You'd open it up and like shit would just come out. He had that obligatory condom that he had to throw. <laughs> Dude, I just... He just can't go one episode. I'm glad you got insurance, Mike. I'm glad you got that insurance. Dude, I just speak the truth about you. And you'd open it up, and and there's just tons of receipts. You didn't know me in high school very well. I forgot about that. Dude, I met you back in college. (laughs) I knew you in college, and I would talk to a lot of your friends and say, what was Jeremy's life back in high school? And they're like, dude, you should have seen his wallet. Yeah. Well, if you had receipt bank back then... I know. No more issues, no more problems. Yeah. I'm glad we met at Virginia Tech. <laughs> no, dude, you went to Rowan. I know, dude, I know your whole story. <laughs> I know your whole story. Clearly. Clearly. All right, so that's Receipt Bank. Uh, no more receipts filling up your pockets. But it really is a good system. We love them. Yeah. All right, um, Kels, what's the one thing you learned today? What, one of your great takeaways from Greg. So I think that it's super important to write down everything. Like I think that's a critical component that I do lack when I'm trying to achieve my goals. I don't write down and I don't like make note of what I'm doing or not Mm. doing. And that's so smart. And I think it's really smart, too, for your long term goals to reflect to see what you're actually doing. Because I feel like so many things just fall to the wayside. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I do it for a week. And then it's like, oh, I was doing that at one point. You know? Yes. I think declarations are so easy. Yeah. Do X. The execution's hard. Jared. Jeremy, what's your big takeaway? Yeah, same. I like the writing down thing because um, I think it's like you're holding yourself accountable. <laughs> and it's hard every day to get into a routine of keeping track and writing things down. Yeah. But then like when you look back and you actually read. So there, funny story. There was um, when, when I started with Obsidian Launch. Yeah. I have still have a sheet of paper that we wrote for goals. Oh, and, personal goals. Yeah. And I looked at it, and it like it blew my mind. How much like, came oh, through? That's cool. You started, you know, Jeremy's one of the first people, um, probably the first person that's here still came on board. You you started seven, eight years ago, maybe nine. Uh, two thousand ten, I think. So nine years ago, yeah, yeah. two thousand ten, yeah. Yeah. So what, what was one of the goals that came true that blew your mind? Well, it, it was all had to do with uh, the, the business we were doing at the yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of like it doesn't fit right now. Okay. But, but it was just interesting because my mindset then and my mindset now are just totally, yeah. totally different. That's it's awesome. Totally changed, yeah. That's awesome. I so mine was also the writing down. Um, I just want to sh- share it from a different perspective. There's a, a complimentary book to Greg's book called Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg, and what he says is, if you want to change a habit, write down the habit you're trying to change. You know, uh, whatever it is, and then anytime you do it, just put a check mark next to it. To Greg's point, it's a no judgment zone. It's yes, not I punishment. love that. 
it simply brings a subconscious behavior to a conscious level. Yes. And then you'll be able to change it. Because I think yeah. what will happen is, say you just want to stop eating sugar. Anytime you eat sugar, just put a check mark. But then your mind will say, well, what just triggered that? And you'll say, well, I, I was getting kind of unfocused at work and my habit was to get some sugar. Right. So then you'll know what the subconscious trigger is and then you can start changing it. Exactly. So it's that awareness around it. The no judgment zone. Um, cool. We want to know what you learned too, our dear listener friends. Put that in the show comments. Are we still doing some kind of special promo with comments and reviews? No. Who's given up on that? Yeah. Why have we? Because we get everything we, we wanted. We suckered them, suckered <laughs> out all the juice that we wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to say labor intensive, but it's, it's oh. a, you know, I don't feel like, do we need to do it into perpetuity? Into, what's that word? Perpetuity. Oh, perpetuity. Yeah. When you said turta perpetuity, I wasn't familiar <laughs> with that word. I just spread it out. A I don't know. Bit I mean, I, I think we need enough reviews that we are competitive with the alternatives to our show. Well, supposedly that's not the algorithm anymore. Oh, then screw it. Then take your reviews back, people. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Don't you know do you can, that. Nope. You know what you can do, though? Uh, if you have any business questions, send an email to askmike at mikemichalowitz.com. Okay, that's what we want that's to do. What, yeah. Yeah. And sh- why don't you share the habit you're trying to change? Send it to Ask Mike and Mike McAllis. So then maybe we'll put it on Oh, there you there go. Too. Yeah. Send your send your habit that you want to change to askmike at mikemichalowitz.com. Yeah. And then we'll bring on the show and embarrass you. Yeah. <laughs> that's alluring. <laughs> I want to get rid of my facial beard hair. What was was the segment, the one star segment where he's like, I'm going to defend them and then just totally rip them apart. You need to bring that back. That was a a good segment, actually. You wanted that back? I'll bring it back for you. Just for you. Okay. Let's play our uh, listener mail first, then we'll do the game with Craig. Okay. You ready for it? Let me punch you. Okay. This is listener mail. (laughs) That's the introduction. So this comes from Paul Stafford. He writes, my question is that the profits first allocation seems to need a category for capital intensive businesses. ROI, that is along the idea of profit first, maybe ROI second. I just wonder what others have done. I'm assuming a base percentage return. Any ideas or do I just recreate the wheel? For a capital intensive business, I, you know, I'm a little bit confused. So if you're capital intensive, meaning you are buying equipment, First, you do set up a capital equipment expenditure account or capital, let's call it capital account or something. Capital equipment's like, if you need to buy something that's expensive, but its value will play out over time, it's a singular purchase, but it'll play over time, that's considered a capital investment. Like our equipment here we for the studio, cumulatively, I don't know, it's $3,000 equipment, but we can use it hopefully for five, 10 years. So you, you start saving the money into that one account. Is there a way to measure ROI, return on investment, like the income you're doing? No. That's what your accounting system does. So Profit First is a cash management tool. But if you want to see that you spent $3,000 and it earned back to you over the three, four years, 10000 per year, so you made forty grand, that's an accounting process. Work with a Profit First professional. That'll help you do that. Hope that helped, my friend. Okay. Do you think that helped Paul, or do you think Paul's now like more like I'm sure that lost? helped him. Okay. All right. If that's what he was looking for. All right, like, I'm going to play one of these awkward punches, and then we'll go into it. This is like the ones, the ones that builds up, and like you don't know what's coming, and then it ends. Like, I don't like these punches. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. Um, Greg, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Okay. Good. <clears throat> and Kelsey, you're here. J-Bone. So we're going to play a game. All three of you are going to guess. This game is, uh, there's, I'm going to read off four companies. Uh, all of these, except for one, are legitimate company names. Mm-hmm. And you have to identify which one is the fraudulent name. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Everyone. everyone okay. Yeah. All right. First company uh, is called Juan in a Million. It's a Mexican restaurant. 
Huh. Juan in a million. Okay. Okay. Second it. company. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, even I can't believe I'm saying this. This is why I have this slander uh, insurance. Hand jobs, nail and salon. Hand jobs, nail and salon. Okay, so Juan in a million and hand jobs, nail and salon. Uh, next one is called The Dirty Ho. It's a gardening supplies company. Uh, but by the way, if you didn't figure out the nail and salon, it's a nail and salon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the last one, this is a salad. <laughs> Salad company. It's called Toss My Salad. Toss My Salad Salad Company and Juice Bar. Okay. So, uh, Kels, Greg, you're going to wrap us up. So, Kels, you go first. Juan in a Million, Hand Jobs Nail Salon, The Dirty Ho Gardening Supply, or Toss My Salad Juice Bar and Juice um, Bar. I'm just going to say Juan in a Million just because that's your sense of humor. But That would, that would be my sense of humor. I do have a shirt say, No Juan Likes yeah. Tacos. Um which is a joke because everyone loves tacos. I I agree. I because I, I think that that's the only one that's like borderline, like you know. So you think Juan in a million yeah. is not a real? Okay, Greg, your call. Um, of those four, which one do you think is the fake company name? Uh, I think it's got to be the Dirty Ho. Oh, yeah, Greg! That's my next option. And the winner is Greg. <laughs> and you get nothing for it. Uh, <laughs> the Dirty Ho Can Garden I at least Supply. Get not applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see, let's see. Here, let's get you some of this. This is your theme song now. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm into it. Can't touch this. Yeah. Um. So there's the applause. So Greg nails it. The dirty hoe gardening supply is not real, but it is common, like on Etsy and so forth, as fake signs. So a lot of people buy these fake signs mm-hmm. for their man cave or something. So you can get the dirty hoe. Juan in a Million is a Mexican restaurant in Austin, Texas. Hand jobs nail and salon is owned by Don Moon. Dawn Moon in Sandusky, Ohio. And there's been public outcry and complaints about her hand jobs name. And uh, she's fighting back and saying this has always been her dream company name. So go figure it, Dawn. Uh, and then the I mean, it is, it, is ac- it is accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> it is accurate. Toss My Salad Juice Bar is right in Greg's neighborhood. It's in Queens Village, New York, New York City. Toss My Salad and Juice Bar. So, Greg, next time you're out that way, uh, you can Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, tell your girlfriend that. Oh, I'm just going to go, you know, toss my sound. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that won't go over well. All right. Um, Kelsey, are we good? Do we have anything else to do? Yeah. Do you have a tip? Or do oh, you have my one? gosh. I do have one last tip. Um, did I talk about changing the name of, uh, don't call yourself an entrepreneur anymore? Did I share no, that? No, you didn't. Okay. So here's what I've noticed. So many entrepreneurs and business owners I talk to share how, they're carrying the business on their back. They're working ridiculous hours. And I believe the term entrepreneur is no longer good, even though I use it all the time, because I believe it's been bastardized to believe that an entrepreneur is someone that hustles and works uh, crazy hours and sacrifices everything in their lives just for the business. That was never the definition of entrepreneur, but that's how it's become bastardized. I challenge everyone listening now to no longer call yourself an entrepreneur. When you meet someone, tell me you're a shareholder. Tell them your, yeah, your eyebrow went up there. Next time you're, you're out to dinner and someone's like, what do you do for a living? Say, oh, I'm a shareholder. It changes the definition of what you do. You are an owner of a business. You're not someone to carry the business on your back. You're not doing always, a shareholder uh, is someone that invests in a company and then it choreographs the resources and people to help the business be elevated. So no longer call yourself an entrepreneur, call yourself a shareholder and your behavior will change. Talk about a tiny change, big leap. Or, no, I'm sorry. Tiny leap, big change. That's the way to do it. 
All right, Kels, take us out. Okay. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any podcatcher anywhere. But again, please subscribe and leave us a comment and review. Yeah, we got to offer something for people. Oh, I got something. A free book. I got you excited, huh? You want to go by the Toss That's My Salad restaurant right now because you get a free book. That made no sense. Literally no sense. That makes no sense. For me, the book's (laughs) hidden there. The stuff you say scares the crap out of me sometimes. (laughs) It's a real real restaurant name. Go to Mike Michalowicz or MikeMotorbike.com for short. Top right, you'll see your free copy surge is waiting for you. Totally free. Get it now. See you guys later. Bye.